not intoxicated could not explain his nudity. You Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Austin, Texas. Podcast hosted by Bruce and Steve. Hey, guess what? I think I started it. We are live again on YouTube and streaming throughout the world here on Slurp Toast. Um, it's a podcast, and this is episode 65 of that podcast. What's wow, up, dude? Okay. <clears throat> not much, not much. Just, you know, wow, this is almost perfectly framed. It really is. It's almost time for us to turn the podcast around. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So, so you uh, you had training this evening, did you not? Yeah, yeah. We uh, at work we signed up for a year long leadership training class, <clears throat> and we had class, you know, every like Wednesday night. Uh, you know, three weeks out of four every month. So I've, you know, semesters are the perfect length of time for a class. <laughs> after about the fourth month, you're just like, I need a break. Uh, and after the sixth month, you're like, yeah, let's, we, we need to yeah, stop I can, for a month. Yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> so, um, no, it's just one of those let's things. Get where, out of my head, man. Well, and it's 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 leadership, so uh, it's a boondoggle. Damn it, you know. Um, it kind of uh, <laughs> it's, like it's consulting. Pretty much, you know. Um, one of the guys at work is doing an MBA. He's like, you know, I've been doing all the reading. I'm like, yeah. He was it's uh he was it seems like it's a lot of bullshit. I was like, yeah, pretty much. It's it's uh. I've got a concept or I've got a novel way of saying, you know, leadership is making people do what they wouldn't normally do. And then, uh, you know, selling it. Well, that's not leadership. That's leadership <laughs> consulting. Yeah. That's how the market works. Yeah. Yeah. We should get into that. Mm, I don't trust myself to. Except uh, then we'd have to do it and that would suck. Well, I'll tell you why I say that, because, um, <laughs> so, you know, yes, when I started my working I why life, I that one, but okay. uh, it's not bad. When I started my working life, uh, we went to a training class and, and one of the things that stuck with me was every, you know, because you know, the golden rule and everybody's like, yes, treat everybody like you want to be your treated. He goes, what if I told you that was wrong? And that the key is to treat people the way they want to be treated. And that always stuck with me because it means that you pay attention to the people that you're talking to and you tailor your message to reach them, you know, because mm -hmm. if you're one of those, I can handle the truth. I'm a straight shooter. It's like, no, you're not. You're a pussy. And you use that so people can't tell you that you suck and hurt your feelings. Um, 
and so uh, I've always I've always believed that that was there was true that you, you treat people the way they want to be treated, and so tonight was like, well, you have to treat everybody the way you want to be treated, and that's how you make a difference. And I'm like, you know what? One of my coworkers will bring this up in a meeting. He told he was you what you said is wrong, and I'm going to say. No, what I said is 100% right. What you understood <laughs> is not the same thing as what I said. And so that's that's where I think I'm going to, I'm not looking forward to that meeting where I, I, I have the meeting and they, they're like, well, you were wrong and you said this and you're not so smart. And it's like, really? Uh, you're the motherfuckers who don't listen. So, <laughs> you know. Oh man, you're kind of freezing up or lagging a little bit. Like, hello, are you there? Like your face hasn't moved, you're just frozen. I don't know if you can hear me. And we've lost Bruce. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. There's a silence log where Bruce has gone away and I went to check my internet connection. So if anybody was watching, they just saw me uh, maybe staring blankly at my screen, which, you know, I do a lot. And he's back and his microphone's off. Uh, your microphone's off. My, my screen shows you as mute. Can you hear me now? Yep. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I've been, been pondering dropping a hard line into this garage. I think I'm going to have to, um, anyway, so the, the uh, that would work. I've got a boost. I've got a mesh router right there. I thought that that would work. Maybe I just need to run off cable from that to the computer i don't know i'll figure it out anyway i so, would say if you have a mesh so you are advertisement telling shooting, shooting straight well no it's just one of those things we we're talking about how i'm trying to get this screen lined up in my glasses there we go Woo! look at that i got no eyes uh what we have here is a failure to <laughs> it's creepy <sighs> a little bit creepy no it's just one of those things where where we're uh, you know, I know that I'm going to be confronted with this whole, well, he said it is treating people the way they want to be treated. And it's like, they're two different concepts. I'm talking about how you connect with people. You're talking about how you connect with customers. And um, those are different. Those are different dynamics. Because a customer, you just see a little bit and then you make them want to come back to you. Uh, whereas a, a, uh, a co-worker is somebody that you want to make come back to work every day. And so it's a little bit different than <laughs> how you have to uh, talk to them and uh, right. keep them interested. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, like I, I said, uh, today's class was on. You are what? Today's class was on. <laughs> today's class was on what? No, no, no. You said that's interesting, and then you kind of froze um, or paused or something. Only, I'm fascinated by. I am fascinated by like work dynamics, just because people are weird and people are stupid, and it's always fascinating to see the 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 bullshit that gets fed to the top of the table that makes its way down, and how diluted it gets the further down the the line it goes. You know. Or it's like how the pieces that don't the, the pieces that don't fit into the narr- the larger narrative get pulled out because well we don't do that so we pull that piece out <laughs> which then just it's like jenga <laughs> we just pull that piece out and then we don't like next level doesn't oh, we don't talk about this thing and we pull that piece out and sooner or later the whole thing crumbles because enough of the core pieces of whatever they're selling have been pulled out for all the feastum reasons that it just tumbles like a giant thing in Jenga. So. No, that, that is pretty much true. Uh, because, yes, there is what they teach you at that upper level. And the way that gets filtered, and it's the way everybody runs it through their internal filter, you know. And, and you're either, like, the way I look at it, it's like, okay, it's a new idea. How does this challenge the way I think about things? Does it challenge the way I think about things? Is it just utter crap and I don't need to listen to it? You know, you you evaluate those things on those kind of criteria. Right. And you sort of say, I have a worldview. And they bring this idea in. And you just say, oh, well, that's an interesting. I've never looked at it that way. And you maybe change the way you think. And you evolve and grow like you're supposed to as a person. Or you basically reinterpret the message to fit into your own pre-existing ideas and conceits, you know? So it's like uh, my favorite conversation we ever had was somebody said, you know what they said that we should do. We already do that, but we don't do it the way they say to do it. We do it in our (laughs) own way, but what they're saying to do, we already do just not like they're saying to do it. But you sit there and you listen to that and going, uh, we don't do it. <laughs> um, I don't know how you, 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 you... <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm sticking with my Jenga analogy. It's <laughs> you pull all the, the concepts out. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It's going to topple under its own weight. Yeah. It's like, yeah, here's my, my yeah. <laughs> I have to be more transparent. So what are we going to do? Well, we're not going to tell them any of that. That, that We can't tell them that. People will get upset. You're like, oh, that's transparency. That's how transparency works. <laughs> By definition, per se. But at the same time, we uh. had a guy who took pictures of a job site. And I walked up and I'm like, uh, we can't use any of your pictures in advertisements. And he's like, well, why not? I'm like, well, top of the top of the, I go, one, this picture. He goes, that's a great picture. It shows the, the piece of equipment that we used. I go, did you not notice the two guys on break having cigarettes right behind it? I can't show that to a customer. <laughs> Those two guys are back there, you know, working butts, right? So you can't use that one. He goes, oh. what about this? Yeah. He goes, well, what about <laughs> that one? I'm like, you've shown the equipment falling into a trench. Well, we've got to be honest with our customers. I'm like, not that honest. Let's take that one out. 
What about this one? <laughs> You're lifting a crane over high voltage power lines. I am not. I mean, I'm OSHA 10. What? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're using a crane. Wait a minute. Uh, you, you've got a. They're, they're picking a manhole, so they've hoisted it up. They go over the power lines, and then they dropped it on the other side. If anybody listening, this is a company. A I whole didn't crane? Work. No, just the manhole. You can lift the, those manholes, the concrete, the the. Oh, okay. The vaults. Yeah, you pick the vault up. They pull right out. Yeah, I mean, if you if you ever, I okay. can show you pictures. It's actually kind of cool. If they're not cast in place, they, they come on a truck pre-made. They just pick it up, drop it in a hole. And you're like sitting there going, what are they doing with the two by fours? Because they're like jimmying it around. You're thinking, that doesn't work. And then you realize that thing weighs tons. And then it's like, oh, yeah, but it's hoisted by a crane. And you just, it's momentum. And they can basically just use two by yeah. fours and kind of square it up and drop it in place. It's neat to watch. Wow. Except That's when cool. they're lifting it up over power lines. Over which power lines. A monstrous, monstrous OSHA violation. <laughs> I was like, I all those, can see that. I, and I took all those photos and I just, I was being dramatic and I just took them and I just threw them on the floor. <laughs> he goes, what's wrong with those? I'm like, look at what your guy's doing. Oh, well, we had a, we had a blanket over them. I'm like, no, 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 over no. Over the power lines? Yeah, there's, they, they make blankets to insulate a power line. Yeah, sure. But it's not because you're wasting concrete. It's not because you're lifting a manhole over the top of them. It's there to kind of, you know, in case you accidentally swing the crane or the boom into it, you don't cook a guy. Right. Right. Yes. All right, then. Yes. I have been working with the safety director for over a year. (laughs) And, uh, you know, stuff's rubbed off. (laughs) (laughs) Funny how that works. I yeah. know we did a we did a nothing nearly as dramatic, but we did like a an office cleanup day a while back and going through the storage room and there's a like a ten foot ladder just kind of leaning against the wall and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna need some eye hooks and some bungees, please. I gotta get this secured. This is oh, not yeah. gonna work. As long yeah. as they're not climbing on it, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Until just somebody wherever. just throws something in there and knocks it over, and yeah, no, it's I hooked and bungee to the wall now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's amazing when because I, I I have taken the OSHA ten course and I joke that are you certified? I do. I have a card somewhere. I think it's in my card. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but Frank got OSHA thirty certified, and because he did it when we were sharing an office. Mm-hmm. I always figure I've got about like OSHA 15 or 20. Cause I, I told him, I go, I go, don't, don't, don't play with headphones. Just go ahead. I, I go, I kind of want to listen. So I'm doing most Yeah. So he's like taking the test at the end and I was like calling out answers. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, OSHA so, by yeah. osmosis. OSHA by osmosis. <laughs> There's your hook right there. There's your course. OSHA Moses. OSHA Moses. <laughs> there it is. That's that's your million dollar uh, management course right there. It's called OSHA Moses. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going to just sit quietly in this room and I'm going to play OSHA videos over and over again for about 15, 20 hours. And when you walk out of here, I'm going to certify that you were in the room. So OSHA by Osmosa, OSHA Moses. 
I like it. And then he went away. Yeah. Oshamosis. Oshamosis. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Seriously. That's a, yeah. That's your hook. Now right I just there, have man. to do some other kind of leadership sort of a thing. And let me just give you the four steps of the five guiding principles of our two founding ideas. Uh, my God, man, that's 22 steps to a better life. Right. Just two concepts, five steps, four pillars or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I mean, I do. I, so I, I've never liked business books. Yeah, for mm -hmm. for a, a, a. Uh oh, you've gone dark again. Your your mic's off. Mic's off. Your mic is off. Now it's not. I there. don't know what's going on. Oh, okay. Well, when every time I look down, it shows the icons on mute. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to keep an eye on it. I have, a, I have a, I have a question. So, Okay, all I got was like breathing sounds. And I'm back so, in your bed. There we go. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, so so when we freeze up, does uh, my picture freeze up? Yes, I can. Oh, damn it. Uh, nope, you're 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 gone again. Let's do the Oka speed test. Uh there you're you're back in. I'm back. I'm back. Yep, and I, I think you might be gone again. I see your picture. All right. Let's try this again. All right. So. Yeah, you like just kind of cut out on me there. Oh, wow. You got no sound in the, like, the video is speeding up and there. Yeah, I don't know. Did you hear me? I can hear you. Kind of. You can sort of in and out and in and out. And then I get like a little burst of static and I'm gonna reload. I'll be right I'll be I'll be right back. Okie dokie. And if anybody is watching this uh tonight's train wreck. Um, I have been doing the speed tests in the background <laughs> just to see what's going on. And my speeds and my connections seem to be okay. Um, 
I will say that if Bruce does in fact have a mesh network, this is a horrible advertisement for it. So when he does come back, I'm going to say and ask uh, who he's using and then not use that. <laughs> you in your back, at least your face is. <laughs> uh, well, I'm using Spectrum. Spectrum, uh, the only available option at my home out here in the Hill Country. Uh, I'm exploring other options google fiber is apparently coming and trust me the minute i'm able to get that i'm bringing it to the house but right now this is the only available option uh, i legitimately started to uh, take this whole take, at least take the computer and the headset upstairs uh and do it inside and if this doesn't continues this way i may abandon the board and try just using my airpods and my computer next time and see how that works but in the meantime okay. let's see what oh, you squeeze i out was gonna this. ask um, where did, where, where? so the question I had for you was. Yes. Oh, man, you went slow-mo. Far away. Oh, no, I was going to ask you who your mesh network right. is. Fire away. You were going to ask not working. I was going to ask who you get the mesh, the mesh network from and uh, not use that for my own uses. <laughs> And not, it's uh, it's it's Deco. I bought a three P, a three mesh set from Best Buy, and it works fine in the house. I just uh -huh. think out here it's too far from. I mean, I've got a green light on it. It's connected. I've got full bars, but there's just something about all the way out here that it just does not like. So I'm gonna have to reconsider my configuration. Um, but anyway, so uh, read all. You did college radio, right? Yeah, we did like it. We, we played around with it for a semester. And then because you could never prove anybody was listening, we just stopped. <laughs> or at least I did. You know, because you're out there screwing around and you have no idea of anybody. It's, it's really is kind of like this, except. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to do the rest of this without the glasses so that I, I don't get that uh, that weird block of light where my eyes should be. It's really weird what this thing does because it's like slow. You're in slow motion. It's like you're doing Tai Chi podcasting. It's everything slow. We're turning with this and we're doing our breath. And then real quickly, you'll catch up. So right now you're still doing the Tai Chi slow thing. So. All right. I can see you. Okay. Can you see me? I, I can. I just, you just, you're kind of, it's like real staticky. Like the first time it cut out, you were blinking in slow motion. I was like, oh, this is fun. And now you're gone again. Hello? Are you there? I'm cleaning my glasses in case. See, here's the thing. I don't know if both of us are jammed up and that like neither one of our feeds are going out. I'm just going to continue to talk on my feet on the off chance that I'm still working. I'm also going to put my glasses back on because without them, 
I don't see the keyboard all that well. I got nothing from you, man. I mean, I got a grimace and a scowl as you're clearly intently trying to solve a problem. But, oh, you're locked. <laughs> and now you're doing this. But I don't know how long it's been since you <laughs> did anything else. Mm -hmm. Hi. Hello. You're just, you're just like coming in and out, coming in and out, coming in and out. Oh. Okay. Okay, something dinged. And now it looks like you've you just <laughs> slow motion. Again, it's like the podcasting Tai Chi, which started taking another one of those classes and my hands look weird. Anyway, I don't know where he went now. Uh, but I'll wait to find out. Um, we'll talk about the big Lebowski because he's got that picture of the dude in the background. And uh, it finally showed up on one of the services where I didn't have to rent it. But I also have it on Blu-ray, so it doesn't matter if I have to rent it. Uh, and I will say that uh, for a movie that's, uh, Jesus, 25, 30 years old, it actually still holds up. And I think that is because largely... They, even when they made it, they made it to reference the 80s. And so uh, it's not really dated. It already started as dated. And then it just kind of kind of flows, you know. First time I watched it, I came away thinking, I think I've seen the greatest movie ever. Or maybe I'm just lying to myself and trying to give the Coen brothers the benefit of the doubt because I really like Fargo. Um, but on subsequent watchings and viewings, um, I have decided that it is actually one of the best films that I've ever seen. And now we've got the Blair Witch thing going on as he has apparently logged himself in <laughs> in another part of the house. <laughs> I have. I have. <laughs> All right. So... I heard something about Blair Witches. What are you talking about now while I was gone? Oh, no. So what I was doing is I was trying to fill the, the dead air. Okay. Um, I rewatched Big Lebowski here last week. Um, I think it was on Netflix or Hulu or one of them. And it was just kind of like, Big Lebowski. All right. It's, I've got nothing to do. Uh, daughter's in college away. Uh, I don't know where Kristen is. So sign me up. And I was trying to decide whether or not, uh, when it first came out, I was like, did I just see the best movie I've ever seen? Have I just given the Coen brothers a benefit of the doubt? It really, I'm just kind of, you know, projecting onto it. But the right. more that I've watched it, it is a strange amalgam of Coen brothers 
stuff mixed in with a noir murder mystery, which really becomes apparent later when Delfino shows up and, you know, he's kind of going from, from venue or vignette to vignette and, you know, Hey Jackie, how's the smut business? Which sounds like a smart ass detective. And then it just, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I remember seeing it the first time too. And I was like, what did we just watch? A and the more I thought about it, the more it lived in my head. I was like, "That was really, really good and really smart, way smarter than it looked on the surface." Very much so. And then again, I think we, you and I talked about having the moist Lebowski, which was a whole hour and a half of Maud uh, talking dirty. And so when she comes on, and you know, David Hughes, and they're giggling on the phone, uh, it could be a quite lusty affair, don't you agree, Jeffrey? I thought, yeah, I could do watch this for like an hour, hour and a half, uh, hour and a half with her yeah, screeching, semi-clothed, <laughs> slinging. I mean, that'd be kind of a fun. The shot is that the, the camera's behind glass, so the paint just kind of splatters on you. And then you just hear her voice in the background, vagina. It makes some men uncomfortable. Does the word make you uncomfortable? Jeffrey, cock, Johnson, dick. <laughs> <laughs> Like a very interesting interactive uh, exhibit somewhere. <laughs> it would be. Uh, yeah, that would be cool because you have the David Dews character, and I don't know if I'm saying the same, just some dude in a modern chair just giggling at stuff for no reason. <laughs> you know, he's like leafing through a magazine. <laughs> and eventually you're going to be like, you know, Lebowski, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? I, what's your problem? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, now that I have a stable-ish connection, you segued nicely for me, thank you, because I wanted to, I, I'm, I'm going to do my best to have some sort of guided piece for these moving forward, I'll send you homework in the future, Not just a little piece, I like okay. the way we do this, but but like I was looking at a website called List Challenges, right, and on that okay. website, they people submit lists of books or movies or other things, and you, you know, you see how many of them you've seen, right? Okay. Or red or whatever. And I submitted one the other day just because I was trying to capture the all, all of the uh, the books that uh, Dennis O'Neill suggested you read in the back of the question in the 80s. So I made a list of that and submitted it just so I could have somewhere where I knew I saved it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Use their bandwidth. Um, but it got, so I was looking through. I was doing a movie one earlier today while I was eating my lunch. And there's a couple of movies that show up repeatedly that I haven't seen that really are kind of like lists of shame kind of things because of, okay. for a geek of my age, it's fairly inexcusable to not have seen them. So I was going to see if you thought we could do like top three unseen movie list of shame or whatever we call okay. that. So the one that always comes up that I'm truly ashamed to say that I've never seen is RoboCop. Oh, really? I've never seen, I've I'd, never seen I, RoboCop. I, I, I'd see that for a dollar, which will make sense when you watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know what it's about. I know who's in it. I've just never, I didn't see it in a the theater for whatever reason. And I've never, every time it comes on the TV, I'm like, oh, it's in the middle or it's, yeah, I was going to want to see it from the beginning. So I've never, I've seen pieces of it, but never okay. like, in oh, order, thing. start to finish, I've never seen RoboCop all the way through. I have seen RoboCop and the okay. remake. Oh, I'm sorry. I've not seen the sequels, 
So I never saw Robo. I know. I, I think I did see RoboCop two, and then after that, I kind of lost interest because you know the first one was. Well, you haven't seen it. The first one, I, I think if you see it now, some of the effects are a little cheesy. Right. Um, hard yeah, to say like if it holds up. Yeah, yeah like it's hard to say old. if it'll hold up, but it's uh, the time it was challenging science fiction. You know. Yeah. Um, really treat yourself. Go find the last Starfighter. Starring I've Robert seen Preston. That. <laughs> I've seen that. That was on HBO when we had it in high school. I've seen that movie probably twenty times. Okay, I don't okay. hate that. I don't hate that movie. No, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. It was kind of because it, it sort of, I think, inspired some small part of our age group to like mindlessly play asteroids, in the hope, <laughs> in the hope that. Uh, <laughs> that the lizard people would come for them. No, that Robert Preston would show up and try and recruit them into the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a plan. Now that would be something. Robert Preston as Nick Fury, because when Nick was white, Preston could probably pull it off. Just throw an eye you're patch. Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> a little flamboyant, but still. <laughs> Nick had his moments when Starenko was doing it. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen Steranko at a comic book convention these days? Uh, not recently, but I have oh seen him with God. like the ascot and the bad wig. The ascot, the bad wig, the uh, fake teeth, uh, and, and the, the indoor geez. aviators. Yeah, looking a lot like Les Nesman on a night on the town. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> that a little bleak. bit. That... Oh, my God, yes. Uh, he's a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! Um, the last Starfighter. That's a yes, good call yes, out. Yeah. I like that. So, is there any movie that you feel like, as a Gen X geek nerd of our of your age, that you've missed that you feel like you should have seen? Um, that's hard to say because I don't think our generation really had like a lot of obscure stuff that's <laughs> still around. <laughs> I mean, I think once star Wars came out, that was it. Just shut it all down. And we're not going to watch anything more. Yeah. The one that became a TV series with the lizard man who takes the baby back to lizard planet um, with Lou Gossett, Jr. Alien Enemy? friend of mine, friend of me, alien, the... alien nation. You're, you're combining two movies. Okay. It was a lizard man in Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid. That's the one I'm thinking about. And the other one was uh, James Caan and I believe Mandy Patinkin in oh. Alienation. You're, you, 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 I've you blended made them. A mashup, you made a mashup of odd proportions. Okay, then. <laughs> but wouldn't that be kind of a fun, fun, fun mashup? <laughs> It would be actually, because I believe uh, Louis Gossett Jr.'s alien gives birth to a to a child at the end of Enemy yes. Mine. and and uh, and uh, crap, Dennis Quaid has to take it back to uh, Lizard World. Yes, where it grows up to be Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> Tries Sorry. to smile, fails miserably. Henry um, Higgins, that was it. I could not. I couldn't remember who. Like Preston did in My Fair Lady. Oh, okay. So, because before I jumped onto the Nick Fury thing, it was like, yes, you're going to play asteroids, and then Harry Higgins going to come and teach you how to talk right and fight aliens. So. <laughs> Only the finest of all the worlds. Only the fine. Yes, that's right. It's kind of like, yeah, we're going to make you a very refined young lady, 
and put you in a starfighter to fight the Zergons <laughs> or whatever the hell the bad guys were in that one. I don't even but remember. See, but see, for it's, our generation, it's Planet of the Apes films, Star yep, Wars. Yep. Done. Yeah. Uh, Unless you went uber geek and you're like, oh, yeah, man, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know what else is out there. You watch. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's Highlander. There's which is <laughs> which should have stopped after one movie. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, the Spaniard with the Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs> and zero fucks given about. So that's what, they're not having the <laughs> Spanish accent, you know. Yeah. Oh God. Santiago, yeah. whatever in the hell his name was. You're right. Yeah, and he talks about this. Talks like Sean. Talks like he still Sean talks Connery. like Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to expand my range by playing a Spaniard. <laughs> what? How are you gonna bother with the accent, are you, Sean? No. no. Where'd the little leather mankini go? Let's do that <laughs> one again. I did see somewhere the other day that they're rebooting Highlander. And somebody reasonable was attached to it. I can't remember who it was. Oh, uh, it might have been uh, The Witcher. Um, Henry Cavill, yeah. Yeah, I, think, right. I yeah. think it was, yeah, The Witcher. <laughs> the Witcher. <laughs> I've also never seen Gremlins, believe it or not. Oh, now see, yeah, that would be a good one to watch. Um, because it's always fun to drop a Gremlins, you know, reference out of the blue. Well, I can do that. <laughs> Even having never seen it, I lived through it. I can right. make All you got to do is remember, don't get them wet. Don't feed them after feed midnight. After midnight. Done. Right, exactly. And, and stay know, away from Hoyt Axton. I was going to say, <laughs> make sure you listen to Hoyt Axton was what I was going to say. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looks like, what's his, Joe Don Baker? This <laughs> <laughs> Joe Don Baker. You know what you, uh, I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He played uh, 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 Buford Pussard. And, yes. Uh, he was actually well, he, in which one of the Bond movies? Because he yeah, did play, he, was uh, the, he was in one of the Dalton movies, wasn't he? Yes, 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 yes. He the was Felix. Dalton movie. Was he mm -hmm. Felix? He was okay. Felix. That's that's odd casting for Felix, but okay. Yeah, because you don't see uh, as sort of a rednecky um, Texan. <laughs> right. Because yeah. he's MI. No, he's CIA. He's CIA. Because yeah. that's real subtle abroad. Yeah. <laughs> Softly and carry a big stick. Okay, and I will say, that's another movie from our youth that has aged horribly, but was sort of a touchstone at a certain point. Walking Tall is a fun movie. I've never seen Walking Tall. <laughs> never seen that, and I've never seen the remake with The Rock. That one is less good. Can you um, smell me standing tall? <laughs> can you smell how tall I'm standing? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I've got the people's bat. I've got the people's elbow. Okay, that's the episode title. Can you smell how tall I'm standing? <laughs> there we I go. Had... Joe um, Don Baker. Apparently, Joe Don's still alive. Nice. Joe Don's doing art. He was the dad in something recently. He's he always the plays the gruff. He always plays the gruff dad who hates the guy his daughter brings home. That's what he's been playing for the last 30 years. Ever since he picked up the bat, yes. <laughs> that movie is weird because he spends about half of it in like half of a body cast. Because oh, okay. like the the Dixie Mafia works him over. <laughs> and so and like so he's got like 
the collar and like the the because it's the seventies. He's got the cast with the metal bar that goes from the torso to the underside of the arm on both sides. So he spends about half the movie like this. And <laughs> does he get worked over? Uh, yeah, that's why he's in the body cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they have a montage where he like breaks out of the cast? No, the The Rock does that. He just, the Rock does that. Oh, I can yeah. see that. He flexes and it all just shatters. <laughs> and when he comes out of it, oddly, he has a whole arm and tit tattoo. It's weird. <laughs> well, it's on the inside of the cast. It's like <laughs> just slide it baked on. And he doesn't come out with one scrawny little, you know. Rick and Morty arm, and the other one is the super <laughs> muscular Rick and Morty arm. If you've ever seen that episode, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh god, oh, yes, yeah. shit. Um, so what I was trying to tell you when the internet was not cooperating was, I believe, if I remember correctly, back in the day, you told me you and your your friends and or roommate did a show on your college radio station, right? Like you remember you told me you played like Bob Newhart sides, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it like for a quarter, and uh, yeah, it, I mean it was it was fun for a while. And then what I was saying is because we kept cutting in and out, is that you know you, you did yeah you know it's just the it was just the three of us kind of screwing around in the studio, no mm-hmm. idea because it was like you know a ten watt AM station that maybe reached the the far end of the quad type of thing, right? Um, I think by the time I left, it was sort of a NPR kind of a radio station. And maybe the kids did shows on it or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you broadcast from like the basement of one of the dormitories. And they just had a shit ton of old records. I mean, that was the thing. You know, we had one guy who was clearly in the DJ mode. Because, you know, he'd talk real slow into the microphone. And, hey, friend. And, you know, you know, he, he just had the whole vibe going. Um and he got all the sample records of like new releases. Not that he ever played any of them. It was very <laughs> Johnny Fever in that regard. Uh, just play a hit, John. Just play a hit. <laughs> you know. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to follow up Credence with Boz Skaggs. What? No. <laughs> We're going to take it all home. Maybe do some weed. Okay. Good night, everybody. Down. <laughs> and then you'd walk out with an armful of new records. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good plan. Uh-huh. It's a good plan when you're 19 or 20. Exactly. Uh, well, the reason I asked, and there was a reason, because because I did not get to do college radio, right? Because mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, you did real radio. Well, okay, that's true. But like we we had the, the NPR situation you mentioned, like mm-hmm. because the station at USL is a is a hundred thousand watt blowtorch station. <laughs> they didn't let us anywhere near broadcasting on that. It's one right? of those where, like, you're up around Little Rock and you just like, <laughs> God damn, it must be cloudy. I'm getting this angle. I'm getting some chanky chank on here. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, they didn't let us play with the radio station, but my sons have apparently uh, secured a spot on their school station and i wanted to give them a shout out here so the information is ticking across the bottom there hardcore honky tonk uh it will debut this friday at 11 a.m on radio utd um they sent me their opening yesterday it's pretty good and um i've been asking lots of questions because i'm just 
as an old radio guy, I'm genuinely curious about how it works. Mm-hmm. So apparently today they went in and loaded up the songs for their hour into like a playlist situation. And then they cut in to do their breaks and their, you know, school PSAs and whatnot. So uh, I'm curious to see how it goes. I've, I've stayed out of it largely. I'll have my, I'll say my critiques till Friday night. Um, but if you're interested <laughs> on Friday morning, you can tune in. And of those of you in France, we really want to screw with their algorithm. So if you're listening to the podcast in France, please <laughs> tune into radioutd.com slash tuner uh, Friday morning, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time for the Hardcore Hockey Talk. So you kind of, I'll be at work, so I, I'm going to want you to maybe Central Standard Time. Yeah. Uh, send me the link because I'll I will. work. I uh yeah I'm gonna put tune it in on my dot I uh I was gonna have one or both of them on uh, the show today to promote their own show but uh, Connor's got an exam tomorrow he's studying for and Jack never returns my calls so um you know it is what it is so but I did my fatherly duty mm-hmm. <laughs> such as it is um no I think well, my kid has finally settled into her college groove nice yeah because you know I mean. I don't know. When they first went away, were you just like kind of going, are they going to leave the dorm? Are they going to meet people? Are they going to make friends? And then you're kind of like, are they made friends in high school? They'll make friends in college. Will they be overwhelmed? Will they be this? Will they be that? I had those concerns, and I will tell you why. Because <clears throat> half of my son's high school experience was during COVID. Like their junior and senior year were the COVID years. Mm-hmm. So they missed Stuff. that piece mm-hmm. in its entirety. So I did have some concerns about normalization socialization uh yeah. and so yeah and then jack was on campus for like three days and found a girlfriend so you know whatever okay because he had long hair at a at a stem school um uh, well, so he was edgy. well let me let me freeze free long hair that was kempt at a stem school <laughs> Not like there's like birds in this. Yeah, a bird living in my the parakeet living in my nose. I saw your uh, your uh, Mount Rushmore photo the other day. I I enjoyed it quite a lot. Well, yeah, because Frank is like he goes, we're going to he goes, we're going to South Dakota. They're planning all the trips, and I I said, so you're going to see the sort of the affront to the First Nations peoples. He goes, what? <laughs> I go from Mount Rushmore. I go because you have mixed. I had mixed feelings about it because you see it and you're just like. That is an amazing piece of engineering and perseverance, you know, to carve these four faces into a mountain. <clears throat> and then you also say a mountain that was sacred to the people who were living here, who had it stolen from them by a, <laughs> a government that didn't care and carved probably a by of, a Klansman. So <laughs> a bunch of white guys, by a bunch of white guys on a mountain that they revered and and bestowed certain you know um yeah it's like i think they called it the five chiefs because when you look at a a sculpture you got like four little outcroppings or five that kind of you could say are faces or whatever and yeah so you have mixed feelings and then you go down the road to crazy horse and you're just kind of like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) i mean this thing will be built uh finished you know, when our children die, uh, it's it's going to be generational. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, because, yeah, they're going to do the horse head, the arm pointing out. But anyway, Frank says it like once or twice a year, you can go and walk on the sculpture. <laughs> They'll let you go out there and like walk on the arm 
And so at, I crazy said, horse? at crazy horse, I said, well, if that's the case and you do that, I want a shot of you looking up crazy horse's nose. And he goes, why? And I said, because I, I have reasons. And my reason was to do a Jeff Altman joke. <laughs> so didn't know it, but culture bitches can be farmed out. At least you know, some of the work can be subcontracted. <laughs> subcontracted, yes. You've been in uh, in the construction business for a long time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Learned a few oh, yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. We went to the Austin Record Convention last weekend. Connor was in town and and I actually saw a vinyl copy of the Jeff Altman record and I almost bought it. I was like, no. no. Yeah. I'm going to flip you like a cheese omelet. You know? yeah, hi, Daddy. Yeah, hi, Daddy. <laughs> I was like trying to show that to my, to my wife because she goes, what, why do you have a picture looking up this thing's nose? I'm like, could you see it as the one, the one that's online is when he talks about going to college and can you see a paramecium <laughs> living in my nose? And so it's I, was, like, I was studying wrong. I was highlighting with a magic marker. <laughs> <laughs> and so people are like, going, that routine sucks. And it's like, you know, that routine's like 40 years old. Yeah. Give or take 30 years old, maybe give or take humor was different then, you know, and and that's what I think so many people when they, like, I always felt that when people look at like, I love Lucy and think it's kind of dumb or quaint or we, you know, you you say something like, oh yeah, the gig with the the chocolate, she's stuffing them into her bra into her mouth. Right. We've seen it a million times, and it's like, yes, but what you don't understand is when you're watching I Love Lucy, you're watching it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And and that's the difference, is that when you are seeing what those guys did, they were setting, you know, the stage for what came after. And so when you look back and you go, I don't think Uncle, you know, Uncle Milty's funny, and he's like, well, I kind of agree, but the shit he did, he did first. <laughs> Right, or right. Stole first, whichever. Right. So you don't get Laverne and Shirley, you don't get Will and Grace, you don't get. Well, two Grace. men in a, two and a half men is basically the odd couple again. Yeah, that's true. You're right. I never thought of it. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, with a little <laughs> more booze, with a little more gin soaked, but yeah, a little more gin soaked, yeah. but more or less, yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. If Walter Matthau could be, you know, bringing home chicks and babes and just upsetting Jack Lemon, he'd have done it. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Jack Klugman could have done it if he was scoring babes. He'd have done it to upset Tony Randall. Yeah, and it wouldn't have taken much. No, that motherfucker was wound tight. <laughs> he was. He was wound up tight. I read. Laura got me a book for my birthday, and I've been trying to get it for a while. It's called Wild and Crazy Guys, and it's. It's a it's a it's a look at the careers of those guys that were sort of like the ones that like Belushi, Aykroyd, Chase, and then and Eddie Murphy, and then to a lesser degree, some of the SCTV guys were contemporary Rick Moranis, John Candy, mm-hmm. Steve Martin was in it. I mean, all those guys as as their careers progressed. I mean, a lot of it was stuff that I, you've probably heard read the stories because we've probably read a lot of the same books. But there are pieces of it that I'm like, oh, I didn't know that or mm-hmm. know that that person went with that person that way. It was an interesting read. It was super breezy. Kind of the way they're all connected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a lot. Like I said, I know a lot of the stories. 
but the best quote in it was uh, was Martin Short talking about uh, the first time he met Steve Martin was uh, was before they did Three Amigos. They'd never met before, mm-hmm. and uh, he went to Steve Martin's house and was looking at all the artwork and <laughs> and all the things in Steve's house. He goes, "How how do you live like this? I've seen your work." <laughs> And that tickled me to no end. I thought that was hysterical. You know, it's funny because whoever, some writer for Slate or whatever, said that Martin Short wasn't funny. And it's like, no, Martin Short actually is very funny. But if you leave him to his own devices, I think he goes too far and veers into sort of that Jerry Lewis, like, oh, my God, would you fucking stop already? Kind of a mode. <laughs> yeah. And they actually made fun of that last night on the season finale of Only Murders in the Building. Do you watch that show? I started watching the first season and then got sidetracked by, I think, of Star Trek reruns. But anyway. <laughs> so they made a joke at his expense because the character is just, it's like wrestling with, Martin Short is just this like version of Martin Short turned up to about 15, right? Mm-hmm. And they said... If we give you that line, you'll just milk it. <laughs> and he goes, and then he just went off on this whole thing where he was like, milk, milk, what am I going to milk the cow? Blah, 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 milk the cow till it's dry. Come here, bossy, blah, blah, blah. And Steve Martin's going, oh, I see it now. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. Oh, man. That show's worth a look. No, I, I started I watching it, that, and I yeah, got like about four. Like I said, I, I started it, and then I just got sidetracked by something else. I don't know. Maybe I didn't want but, to spend an hour a week. I had no idea what um, the reason was. It's. I think they're stretching the premise a little <clears throat> thin at this point, and they just they just announced there's a season four. Um, yeah, I thought it was it after this one. Yeah, well, I think they're going to do an L.A. story next year because there was a lot of conversation about California at the end of this last one. Okay. I think they're going to move it to L.A. for a little while, which they would need to do. But uh, the thing I can't figure out is how Selena Gomez speaks without opening her mouth. Yeah, she would be a hell of a ventriloquist. She never... <laughs> snarky and never opens her mouth. I don't know. On a stick. It. On a stick. <laughs> Uh, but that one's fun. What else have we been watching? We watched uh, now just to kind of go since we did ventriloquist. Jeff Dunham, he is someone who I, I I can envision going like hard right wing, racist, homophobic, Scott Adams kind of shit. <laughs> oh, I not think he's very close to that. Okay, so that's not my imagination because everybody's no, like, "Oh, his act is is racist." You know, like what? He just has a cranky old man who says inappropriate stuff. Oh about no, he's got artists. a terrorist puppet. And he's got a terrorist puppet, which could be construed as as being a homophobe or not Islamophobe, or you know how how is he how is he presenting the material? And then I just kind of looked at him once on a, and thought, "Oh, I I bet he's I bet he is." <laughs> I. Uh... I will tell judge. you. It, well, I will say the pepper on a stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I saw that routine a thousand years ago, it kills. It's funny. It's hysterical. I what was half see? drunk, but <laughs> and I might have been eating Taco Bell at the time, which may have made it funnier. But 
Still funny as hell. <laughs> oh, sorry. We got off of Jeff Dunham. Uh, Selena Gomez talking without moving her lips. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, that was it on that. I just, I, I, um, so let's see. Season three had Meryl Streep and uh, Paul Rudd. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the funnier things is um, Jane Lynch no. plays um, Steve Martin's old ex-stunt double from his old <laughs> police show, which is kind of funny because she still dresses like him. It's really... Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I will return to that show. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. I've um, unfortunately done that with several. Like, you know, you start one. You get like four episodes in and then you get sidetracked and you kind of forget that it's out or you take it for granted that it's out there and you're like, I'll catch it later. Yeah. And you're sitting there on a Friday night, nothing to do. And you're like, oh, Big Lebowski, I'm watching this. <laughs> I've been doing that with uh, with uh, the show Warrior, which is, uh, I think I've probably talked about it before, but it's the <laughs> one that's based on uh, the screenplay Bruce, Re- Bruce Lee wrote mm-hmm. that may or may not have been co-opted into the show Kung Fu without his permission. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll watch a couple of episodes of that. Then like, two or three weeks ago, oh, oh, I should probably go back and finish that. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm, so I'm like slowly making my way through the most recent season. I it's just, it's like stop and start. And I, I dropped Harley, the most recent season of Harley Quinn somewhere along the way. I should go back and finish that. And Oh, um, what was it? They had one. It was a Netflix show. And I, I, I can't even remember the name, but it was it was a cho- it was a chop suey kind of flick. Um, but it was uh, the, America's broken down. There's basically like four or five different clan families, and this the the main character is like the hitman for one of the clans, <clears throat> and then he finds the chosen one, and and it was a Mark Miller thing, I think. Um, You're speaking my language. I know. And wait a minute. And it was kind of fun because like the, the, the fighting was kind of the, the, the wire fighting. Right. And was really amazingly well choreographed. Okay. So is that sort of high end, you know, chasing dragons, chasing Amy, whatever that one was. <laughs> Crouching Amy, chasing dragons. That's it. <laughs> and me with no sound effects. Um, <laughs> Which one would that again? <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> Woo! And an oh yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a fun show, and I remember because it, it it came out like right before um, Iron Fist. Okay. And Iron Fist was so dull, and then like the second season, they hired the fight choreographer. Choreographer, arranger, choreographer, uh, to do the 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 A fight club the, promoter. Yeah, to do the fighting in, in Iron Fist, and that made me really excited. And I watched the first episode of the second season of Iron Fist, and was like, ah, it's still Finn Balor. I'm out. <laughs> Finn Jones. Finn Jones, is that it? Yeah. Uh, who did I make up? That's no, that's a wrestler. You made up Finn Baylor. That's what I thought. I was say, yeah. That came too easily for me. <laughs> that means I've heard it somewhere else in another context. There's, a, there's another show that Laura and I have been making our way through, and I know you don't have Max, right? You don't have, you don't have Max? 
I do not have Max. That's correct. It's the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, I want to watch that one. That one actually looks like a lot of fun. It is. It is. It, sometimes it verges on Southern Gothic. It is so dark. And um, Danny McBride plays the Danny McBride character <laughs> that Danny McBride always plays, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's the character that he always plays. But John Goodman's the character, the dad in the thing. Okay. Is the most interesting character on the show. And every season they like peel back a little more, a few more of his layers. And it's like, okay, wasn't expecting that. Oh, he's gay he's... now, right? <laughs> well, we're, we've just started season three, so I don't know yet. But, oh, okay, um, okay. But, uh, but like season two was, went places I never expected it to go. And it's just like, okay. I have to, you know, it's a, we have to do it in small beast pieces because Laura has a lower Danny McBride tolerance than I do. But, um, <laughs> but like Adam Devine's in it, he's the youngest brother. And then the chick okay. that is on it, that's the sister, was in Vice Principals with Danny McBride, and she's funny. She's like a groundling. Uh, the mom who's seen in flashbacks because she's dead. <laughs> Is uh, the lead singer of the band Sugarland, Jennifer Nettles? Okay. So she makes. <clears throat> and then uh, Walton Goggins is the uncle by marriage, the mom's brother, who was the a unicorn. childhood prodigy. He was he was uh, he's baby uncle baby Billy because he was a childhood gospel prodigy that sang a song with his sister, and he's still coasting on that. Okay, <laughs> so so. So he always, he still refers to himself as Baby Billy, and the kids call him Uncle Baby Billy, and that shit makes me laugh every time they say it. <laughs> it's just dumb. Uncle Baby, yeah. <laughs> I do want to see that one. It's one of those that you kind of hope. Into the Badlands, that's the show. Okay, I saw a couple episodes of that. I saw. A yeah. I think we might have even gotten a co- like a DVD set of the first season for Gonzo Geek back in the day, and I never finished it. Okay. I think I can check that out. Yes, I remember that one. That one actually, I, like I said, the fighting scenes were really well done. Um, oh wow, it's fifty-three. Loved it on real good. I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> it's it's real good ish. It's real good ish. It's better. It's better than not. It's better than yeah. Real R E E L. By the way, <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Well, um. Yes, Walter Coggins to the unicorn. That's right. That's right. One season. And, uh, yeah. He's he's always good, though. He's, <laughs> I've never seen him be bad at anything. But, uh, like, yeah. So I had something for this in the garage, and I left it when I hurried out. But, hey, what's on your desk? Look, I made, ah. a, graphic. I made a graphic. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> um, what's on my desk? I'm not in the room with stuff on my desk. Oh, shit. Oh, well, okay. Never mind. We won't do what's on my desk this week. Because um, I left mine in the garage. So we won't do that. Oh, I've got, well, I've got my like 70s Star Wars uh, hip hop mashups in this room, which is, you know, Street Greedo, uh, Boba Fett wearing sort of a tiger uh, alligator skin jacket. Okay, I need to see that one. You have seen that one? You've, I've... No, I... Show me Boba Fett. All right. Let's give this a second since I got a... All right. 
Oh, the Apocalypse Marvel's up there. There's a guy out here that has like a store called Moon Marble. And um, he would do marble demonstrations, like how they make marbles, which, mm -hmm. you know, weirdly, it's not that exciting. You know, you heat up glass and they have little molds and you spin it around and, you know, make a little marble. You buff it out. You buff it. Yeah, you buff one out. <clears throat> but, um, and then they'll sell some at the end, you know, he, because he does like multiple shows a day and they would sell them in the gift shop and he's actually well-known glass blower for doing marbles and whatnot okay. and uh, he does one that like the end of the day he just uses all the little pieces of glass that he's broken off and used in other marbles and so it's the end of day marble which of course i say is the apocalypse marble um, <laughs> And it's just this weird amalgam of just different color glasses and different patterns and stuff. And it, it's, uh, it, it's kind of cool anyway. So the Boba Fett. Okay. Nice. Crossed arms. There we go. Wearing the, so How this much was of that. Did you sculpt yourself? None. The body, Where did the body come from? The body came from Zombieland. It's Woody Harrelson's character. Okay. I didn't, I've been collecting. I didn't know they made Zombieland pops. And then I saw it with the leather jacket. The, the You can't tell. There we go. Yeah, there's the texture. Yeah. So I you know dry brushed that, cut the hands off of one, glued them in there. So we got the two blasters going. Nice. So that one's there. Then there is what I call Street Greedo. <laughs> which oh, is, I like that one. Is that fun? Is that's that Fight Club? No, that's um, Trading Places. Oh, it's Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Nice. With the Greedo head. I've always, this, yeah. And again, that's a good one. Little Greedo, Greedo hands. That's a good one. And then there was Biggie Vader. I like that one. That one is uh, fun. I did Heads order the. Wonky, but, uh, I did order the. Uh, the and I have a C three PO as a Run DMC. Run Run C three PO. Got one red hand <laughs> and the chain. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. I was gonna try to figure out how to put the hat onto him, but they. Uh, they cast those in two pieces and they really, really uh, fuck up the head to get the hats on those characters. <laughs> so, okay. Not going to do that. And I've got a good one for uh, Ted Lasso. Needs a little bit of some, some paint. Um, what are you doing to Ted? Ted is out there to make you believe and kick ass and he's all out of belief. <laughs> Are you combining Ted with with John Nada? No, I'm combining Ted with the aliens from They Live. Oh, okay. Funko right. made this one where the it's Ted with the holding out the sign that says "Believe." Right. And so I've got to basically um, kind of paint over that and have it say "Obey," and then it's the the alien monster head. So holding out the side that says obey. Dude, that's inspired. That's amazing. <laughs> and it was one of those where wow. I, found the, I found the they live alien, you know, 
And I was mm -hmm. like, I go, I got to use his head on something, right? And then two days later, Funk was like, here's an exclusive Ted Lasso. And I was like, that's it. That's that's the body. That is so good. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to paint the hair and then uh, do the sign. But, uh, I mean, that's actually within arm's reach. I can well, do a preview or Let's wait. just wait and see the finished product. Yeah. And the other fun thing is that Funko does something called Pop Yourself. So mm -hmm. you can go online and pick pieces and parts to make something look like you. And I did that. I just got to go back and airbrush in skunk beard so it actually <laughs> looks like me. Right. Um, the, you, you can get pretty close as long as you don't have like a crazy, you know, if you, you look like sloth from the Goonies. No, you're not going to pull it off. Well, they probably have a sloth head, though, don't they? They do. They do. You okay, could, so you... Oh, so you could totally make yourself with that. Yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> uh, it's a little pricey. In that, uh, I think it's like it's it's like forty bucks to do a pop of yourself, okay, or twenty five. I forget. I did one. I should know, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, and it's one of those things where I think pretty much everybody who has done one has like, I thought I'd give it a try. I went on there. I started picking out parts. It was a lot of fun, and now I have you know me and you know. That's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Uh, Frank did one of himself in a tracksuit because Italian. Um, I was going to say because he's a Guido, yeah. Because he is. It even says Frankie Two Shoes. Um, but uh, it's one of those where the, the, I think there's a lot of initial money in people making themselves. But if they don't find a way to make or give people the ability to buy the injustice would be making somebody buy a whole new version of themselves each and every time, not giving people the option to go in there and say, Oh, for 10 bucks, I can get the, you know, ska suit, which actually be kind of cool. Thin tie. Yeah. yeah. But you know, um, or I can get an Elvis body or something. I, I think right. they have to expand the ability so that you can buy more accessories and that you can just Mr. Potato Head, basically, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, there should be like a scale. Like, okay, the initial cost for setup is X, and then each subsequent iteration, you know. Or you can go in there and buy, or when you're buying it, that you have the option to go in there and say, I want to put myself in um, a baseball jersey and like Kevin Smith, you know, baggy shorts but then i also want an option to do myself like in a, a baja drug rug type of thing and i can buy all these different parts um and for the holidays they're coming out with holiday themed things clothing and body mm -hmm. shapes again don't charge me the full boat let me go in there and just buy those pieces and parts you know the halloween kit for 15 bucks how so like in the situation with these is the Head easy. What is the head interchangeable at that rate? Or, or okay, so you could just pop the head off and pop put it, it on different off. bodies. Yeah, as long as the neck was the right, because um, they all have different widths. Sometimes the neck is really thick because that's a heavy piece. <clears throat> but yeah, so like if you had a body and the neck worked, you could you know plunk your head on Ted Lasso's body, and you know you could be Mister Believe kind of a thing. <laughs> 
Interesting. Interesting. <clears throat> I think it, it, it plays to vanity, customization. Uh, I, 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 I'm hoping that it is a hit. I, I do see a lot of people in the collector's groups who are getting them done. And so maybe it'll, uh, you know, it, it would be something that I think you could expand on and, and really serve a whole generation or a whole group of collectors who just, you know, I'm tired of anime pops or I can put my character in anime outfits, you know? Right. <clears throat> I'm surprised they didn't like have a big sort of presence for that at comic-con because if it's this recent they've they they didn't get did they get it done before comic-con i don't think they had it ready i think they released it like right after but surely they had some prototyping they could have put out uh they had it in their stores okay go to their stores and do it and then then i think they just then roll it out to make it available to anybody online okay i would totally you know find ways to sell the extra accessories because like I, one of mine is holding a pop in one hand and this big giant Freddy scepter in the other, you know, <laughs> um, and you can get dogs and cats and pets to go with it. Um, amazingly, they have a guy with a baseball Jersey, but they don't have a baseball mitt or bat as an accessory that you can get to go with your pop. And it's kind of like, guys, uh, you really? Know, you guys basically paid and probably once that deal is up, won't renew uh, sponsor the Everett Aqua Sox. The minor league team is plays at Funko field. So you would think baseball players would be. Uh, yeah. Given. Hey, speaking of sports, uh, what's it like being the, the new home of Taylor Swift? <laughs> uh, is Kansas city going Swifty crazy? Well, the Eras show came to town, so yeah, that ship has sailed. Um, you know what? It's it's like it amuses me where people are like, "Oh, she's just dating him so she can get cred," and you're like, "She's Taylor Swift. She makes yeah. in a month probably what he's going to make over his entire NFL career, maybe less <laughs> than that." <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, she's uh <clears throat> I think it's great. I know that Hunter is probably worried that Taylor's next album will all be sports songs. Um <laughs> I, I we've got to get him on cuz this is like his two worlds colliding in a weird way. So I think he's the only one that has the right perspective for. I'm going to reach out to him again. Cause yeah, cuz he <laughs> he's a football guy and a Swifty. That's a, such a small Venn Get diagram. Getting bigger as like <laughs> Kelsey's jersey sales went up 400% since that first wow. game. You know, and it's like, ah, I would just wait. And when the fat chick gives up on, uh, on you know, when they break up and she's mad, I'll be able to get that jersey dirt cheap. And I oh, say, yeah say the big girl because I'm a big guy so I'm going to need to find myself a fat one. Um, <laughs> it sounds horrible. But anyway. <laughs> but it's not wrong. That's not wrong. It is not wrong. It's just um, it, anatomical it, accuracy. It is. It's fine that he's dating her. You know, he's going to get on a future album 
probably. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it's either a breakup album or a marriage album at this point, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, so if there's a song about Briarcliff and it's, you know, wistful, you'll know they broke up and it's about, about, uh, yeah, Travis. Um, cause, uh, I, well, I know where he lives. So it's like <laughs> not that far from my boss. So it's like, you gotcha. know, um, okay. That's funny. We know, yeah. So we can drive by. I love and, the idea of a song named Briarcliff. I'm going to be looking for it now. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when the when the titles come out, I'll tell you which ones are based on him. Um, you know, it, it, it's fine that they're dating, but it's like it makes watching a game unbearable. Because like, oh, Travis for first down, and here's Taylor Swift celebrating his first down. You know, and she's like doing shots with his mom. You're kind of like, that's not which what is you weird. Want, which, which is, is weird. weird. Which is weird. Yes. To see her at a, at a football game screaming, let's fucking go. Right. Know? It's not quite the image she usually portrays. <laughs> no. But at the same time, you know, it's fine that they're dating. I just wish that the TV stations would quit caring so much. Because it makes They'll watching never a stop game. Caring because she's an I she's generational <laughs> talent. They'll never stop caring. Unlike everyone else who's ever dated her. The media will never stop caring. That's true. That's true. And then to follow that up, we had Beyonce for like two shows. Wow. So, you had yeah, her we, and the queen? Wow. Exactly. Yes. So they, between, the, yeah, she came in and sucked up whatever ta- money Taylor left. <laughs> so Kansas City is a ghost town now. There's, there's no got nothing. There is no disposable income left in this. <laughs> in, in Kansas, Missouri, even as far north as Omaha, we're all broke. We're broke. <laughs> all broke. Yeah. I would say Oklahoma, but those fuckers aren't coming up for Taylor Swift or Beyonce. So that you know, if it was Garth Brooks, different story. Because <laughs> he practically did a residency at uh, one of our venues when it first opened up. He did mm-hmm. like two weeks of shows. Wow! And he would fly in in the morning do his show and then fly back home at night and just, you know, Ugh. well, he lives like in Oklahoma. So it was like oh, yeah. not a huge deal, but it was just like, <clears throat> you know, just there's hotels, Garth, just pick one. <laughs> Bring out as many rooms, suites, floors as you need. They'll give you the whole floor. Yeah. Gosh. One of the things we found out about when we were remodeling the hotel is I always thought it was a fire door on the eighth floor. Uh And it turned out that there was a, (laughs) the way the manager told it to me. So take it with a grain of salt, but they installed doors right next to the elevator to shut off one block of rooms, about 25 rooms, maybe because there was some sort of rich Saudi who was getting treatment at the hotel it was attached to. Mm-hmm. So they had a kitchen up there and they would be able to basically block off those doors and give him and his entourage, you know, uh, a, a half a floor all to himself. Wow. Yes. So when we came in and took it over, gone, all of it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it was now the, the boss's, the boss's homeboy from home. No, it's kind of funny because it was there was two suites on that end. 
the hotel was situated where on one end you would look out into the big city park, Forest Park. And the other end, because of some of the zoning rules in St. Louis, you can't build a building taller than the arch. Okay. okay. And so it was on a street called Forest Park Boulevard. And Forest Park Boulevard basically was a straight shot from Forest Park to downtown. So you could stay in the suites, the really nice suites, and you would look into the park until they built a building right next to us. And then you looked into medical offices. And sadly, none of them were doing mammograms. So there was nothing exciting to see on that side of the hotel. On the other side of the hotel, the rooms had a straight view into the heart of downtown with the arch kind of, you know, bracketed mm -hmm. between. I mean, it was a beautiful view. Um, and I always like to stay on that end of the hotel when we're doing the remodel because <clears throat> the room I liked was a, like a semi-suite. So it was a little bit bigger than a regular hotel room. There was, I always like staying on the seventh floor, not the eighth. Um, just because I don't know why I should have stayed on the eighth, but anyway, stayed on the seventh, got a great look into downtown, saw the arch, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I only had one shared wall, you know, the floors are concrete. So even though I had somebody above and below, never heard them, never really heard anybody in the room next to me and across the hall was not another room, but the stairwell. So it was actually kind of isolated and I would just sit down there, you know, and, and get like dinner and just open up the windows and, you know, watch TV and look into just enjoy kind of the view. Nice. And they built condos across the street. So one view windows went down into to the arch and the other one was just the whole bank of condos. <laughs> and you could look into everybody's window. And they, like the maintenance guys would be like, hey, hey, second floor, fourth room in. Yeah. Naked yoga. Every morning at 10 o'clock, uh, you know, I'm working in your hotel every day at 10, every, you know, just saying, gotcha. <laughs> no. just, and it is, saying. just saying, and it is kind of funny because the people who live in those apartments, as you go up, there are fewer and fewer windows and blinds because apparently they don't think that anybody's going to be looking in when you live on the, like the fifth floor. And I mean, you, I, I watched domestic fights, you know, somebody came in, they were having dinner and they started screaming and yelling at each other. Oh my God. I was like, this is the best TV ever. I just wish I could turn up the volume, you know, <laughs> this, we need reality television when you've got reality. But I got reality. Yeah. I sit there with like, a, you know, some popcorn or something from the, 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 you know, the lobby. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's a relaxing view. Hey, they're fighting again. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Double winner. <laughs> so yeah, that's me admitting to being a peeping Tom and a voyeur. So that's you know. right. just writing that down on the list for later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they ask call back about to, it. It's a callback call to the last episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yell at her some more. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Show her who's boss. Show him who's boss. Oh, my God. <laughs> call 911. Call 911. It's like, yeah, my very own. Turns uh, into rear window. Rear window. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call down at the lobby. <laughs> There's a murder over the fifth floor. You know, Raymond Burr is going to be over there. Shooting death beams at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, 
we've reached way back. Uh, there's been reference to last Starfighter. <laughs> My fair lady. We hitchcocked it. <laughs> we hitchcocked it. Oh, God. <laughs> I think we'd stop on the hitchcock. We should stop with that, with the rear window yep. reference. Yep, I think so. All right, so that's the end of episode 65. <laughs> and then Robert <laughs> Preston shows up and asks me to come join the Space Invade Avengers. <laughs> Or the Space Invaders. I don't know. I'd actually be kind of cool with him with a patch, you know, (laughs) and just a little flamboyant Nick Fury kind of. Oh, I just, hello, my baby. Hello. (laughs) You look like the guy from the Music Man. (laughs) That's right. We got in trouble. Big, big trouble. trouble. (laughs) Come on, we're going to little China. We got big trouble. In the Andromeda Galaxy. But if they ask you, if you paid your dues, tell them the check's in the mail. Vroom! <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't even know how to wrap my head around the My Fair Lady Last Starfighter amalgam. But It works. It's music, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Uh... All right, that's it. We're done. That's the end of episode 65. We got it done. We got the internet working again. (laughs) I'm going to reconfigure before two weeks from now, somehow, some way, so we don't have to do this again this way. But until then, I'm still Bruce. I'm still Steve. And we'll see you in a couple weeks, kids. Bye. Bye.